You are listening to Incalculable Orbit of a Rogue Planet on Open Lines Radio. Follow Miss Carafa on Instagram at incalculable underscore orbit. Follow Open Lines Radio on Instagram at Open Lines Radio. And be sure to check out Open Lines Radio online at www.openlinesradio.com. And now stay tuned for Incalculable Orbit of a Rogue Planet. Enjoy!
Hey y'all, Miss Carafa here. I want to do a bit of house cleaning first. If you go to my um, Instagram page, you are so, so, so welcome to click on the request button. I'm happy to talk to pretty much everybody with the exception of stalkers. That is actually how I ended up and had to put that um, that page on lockdown. You're welcome to follow me on Incalculable Orbit. Uh, whoever you are, uh, please still don't stalk me. Um, so that's that's why that is like that. But I am not unkind, and I'm just uh, a little bit more careful and a little bit more protective of my space. And that is not just internet space. That is my home. And these are some things that I have been grappling with over the last, uh, what, six, seven weeks? Um, so that was the first thing is that please, please request. I want to know you. I want to know what's on your mind. I love to be mentored. And if I have something to offer, I can usually <laughs> sense what you need and <laughs> point you in the direction of it. Um, in my experience, to be perfectly honest, what you need has not always been what you wanted. And then um, as far as, let's see, I got a letter nine years later once from someone and a painting that said, thank you so much for what you did. I didn't appreciate it at the time. So, um, which is kind of on topic with today, but um, apparently I felt the need to say it faster. Uh, so in following with the housekeeping, if you are feeling like you want to get your voice out there, please go to openlinesradio.com or um, at openlinesradio on Instagram and talk to Mark about, you know, what it is that you think you want to do because you might be feeling like you've got something to say, but you might not be sure how to go about it. Well, he is the guy who will pull the best out of you. Um, also, <laughs> you know, if you're looking for inspiration, you know, sometimes, you know, are, are, we, are, are we needing inspiration or do we need purpose? Do we need direction? What is it that we need? Okay, so I have been wanting to get back onto the air for a while. And I was just like, okay, I'm gonna do it today. I just, or I might need a sign for something because I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be talking about next. And so, <laughs> you know, uh, Ram Das dying and going home was one of those things where I was actually gonna sit down and record that day, but I was like, nope, I need to meditate, sorry. So I meditated for like four hours and it was wonderful. And then I had to run to CVS and someone said, how are you? And I said, you know, and I just like, Ram Dass is dead. And I was like at peace, but still, you know, with hopeful tears in my eyes and, you know, the 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 being the love in, in your heart and, and really wanting to recommit yourself to being love. And, uh, and this person just looked at me blankly, just like, who is that? Oh, and so... For the last few days, <laughs> you know, every single time I, I have um, I have been grappling with that response and um, have to remember not to be disappointed. 
you know, when when there is disappointment there and somebody not knowing something, you know, that, that really is just your chance to, to share it. And in Ram Dass's case, you know, to, to share the love and, and the kindness and the peace that you can get from reading or listening to some of the meditations and, and chants. So uh, <laughs> um, if you're waiting for inspiration or purpose, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is to just do it. And um, for those of you who don't know, I once upon a time, many lives in this life, I was a dancer and I can remember the vast difference of what it took to get up on stage. And you know, you'll see two people in the back snorting a line. And you'll see one person sitting in the dressing room looking at a picture of her kids. And you'll see, you know, someone who is staring at somebody in the audience who is scaring the shit out of them with the expectation of what they need to do, how they need to do it, and how much they need to walk out with that night. And then, of course, you have just the people who really like music and really like getting up to express themselves and have no problem just... You know, when you stand up there and you see a professor and you're just like, oh, this is going to be fun tomorrow in class. And you know what it is? It's not that it's going to be fun. You do not have power over the people. I mean, some people did take it, you know, because there, there were a couple girls who were working their way through school. A couple of us. And we actually had some of the same classes, which also was fun and interesting. Uh, <laughs> try not screwing up those names, right? Uh, but it's not... It's not a matter of power. It's not a it's not a position of power. It's a matter of sensitivity and respect and understanding disappointment. I mean it, the, the fear of judgment of of being that vulnerable in that place. You know, who is vulnerable there? Who is vulnerable in that situation? Is the dancer vulnerable? Is the instructor vulnerable? Are they both vulnerable? So when I was dancing, it was because I wanted to be in school. It wasn't, you know, there, there was no excess. There was no Mercedes. There was nothing like that. I wanted to be in school. I wanted to live in my dorm room. I loved school. I still love the idea of school. And so when, <laughs> when one of my bills came short, Somebody on my floor found out what was happening and that I was short money. And I saw an entire co-ed floor of my dorm room, minus two people, I can remember. Yeah, minus two people walk in and help me stay in school. And that was incredible there was no sense of shame there was no sense of power there was it was <laughs> and I can remember this um this girl who was pretty amazing she <laughs> walked up to me <laughs> and she said I know why you're doing this I don't support it but I love you and she gave me 20 bucks <laughs> and I just um I, wow, I didn't even plan on, so anyway, if you're looking for your inspiration, you know, if it's two lines on the back of a toilet, or if it's just, you know, staying in school, so, uh, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so my inspiration for today is finally getting on was every now and then I take one or two of my very packed totes and I dump them out on the floor and I'm like all right I'm gonna go through this and knock out a couple more garbage bags of stuff and try to declutter and I came across this picture of a friend whom I miss so dearly and next to it <laughs> was a Fraggle Rock printout and it said come on Captain Danger that's what Red says and then it says, after you, major disaster. And that's what Gobo says, back to Red. And I'm just like, oh, major disaster. I saw the sign. And then, of course, I got a fairy light last night from my daughter. And she's like, make a wish. And I'm like, God, I wish I got the words to come out of my mouth right. So I'm both sensitive and funny, maybe just a little bit. But all comedy aside, you know, we just have to start saving ourselves. And uh, <laughs> so here I am. And I've already shared, maybe overshared, um, a little bit more about my past and that um, that comfort kind of comes from a question when someone said when did you become Miss Carafa and I thought back to the interview that I did with Mark and I was like well you know boom and I just you know it was that nice wonderful day in February well night but anyway <laughs> Um, and then I, I got to thinking about that and I've, I've been thinking about that for a while. And, um, so the only response that I have is for so many years, it was, well, I can, I can remember, I've got that right there. But what I've noticed and what I've been opening up to is that, nope, still be coming here. And it's so important to still be coming because your becoming is integral to the becoming of somebody else. And so, so while that was the beginning of Miss Carafa, things were always kind of there, but I didn't know what they were. Again, you know, like those big signs. So I was a very weird child. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd love to tell you all more stories about that, but I don't think that any of them are appropriate. <laughs> but I was a very weird child, and um, and I don't think that my parents quite knew what to do with me. Looking back on it, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of disappointment. <laughs> there was a lot of disappointment there. I disappointed them, and that's okay. I um, I don't think I ever cared. I don't think I, you know. When I was 10 days old, I had surgery on my ears and I was in an incubator. This was back in the eighties. So those incubators were like John Travolta style boy in the plastic bubble almost. And, um, so people are talking about, oh, if I could correct anything about myself, it would be my teeth, my nose. No, I would take that scarring off of my ears. I, um, 10 days old. And then I had surgery again when I was four in my ears and uh, five, I think it was five or six. I know that my parents were trying to live together. And then I remember that something went wrong during the surgery and I woke up during the surgery from the anesthesia. They didn't give me enough. And 
whole bunch of trauma ensued, but I think that it was more trauma for the surgeon who saw a child trying to talk with, like, tonsils being removed or clipped or whatever, and ear pl- I, I, I guess it was just really bad for that person. I'm so sorry if you're even still alive for ruining your day. <laughs> but uh, I have a ton of scarring in my ears, and... Um, and I really think that that scarring has probably helped me to, like, not hear any of the shit talkers in my life. <laughs> so, so most of the disappointment that I've caused is kind of washed over me. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so kind of flipping this around in disappointment and becoming, um, oh God, you know, I just, <laughs> I can just remember this giant moose that I got when I was in that surgery and I woke up and they're like, oh, you can't have ice cream. You're all infected and you're all messed up. I was promised ice cream and I'm still bitter about that. See, all of the things that, that letting loose on Open Lines Radio can kind of, you know, release for you. (laughs) Um, So, oh yeah, me being a weird child. How am I going to forget that I was a weird child? Okay, so I was a weird child and, um, I just kind of, I didn't really hear the disappointment and my filter wasn't very good. And I'm sure that there's probably a name for that now. And I've kind of started to, um, to wonder more about that and then also not give a fuck at the same time. But I will tell you that as far as signs go about, you know, getting your voice out there and, you know, hey, you might have something to share or here's something for you to feel good about and feel ultimate gratitude is I met someone I I took myself on this random hike and um, it was there was a naturalist who was reading leading it and he spoke in feedback loops so where I would typically just stare blankly at you like sure cool glad you're talking can't really hear you I wish I could I'm trying so hard to focus but I still can't hear you um, he spoke in feedback loops. And so I walked away with this utter gratitude and appreciation for the radial branching on evergreens. And I'm going to post this on my page. I took a picture on a, on a follow-up hike that I went on alone. And, um, and the grooves of a cottonwood. And so <laughs> we were on this hike and I, where I would typically feel shame and as though I was disappointing someone because he's pointing out this tulip tree and I'm just looking at it. I'm just looking up at the sky because I know I'm supposed to be looking out there, right? You're, you know you're supposed to be looking at this thing. And I don't know, <laughs> but he came over to my line of view and I just... I rested in this sense that he was not going to move until I saw this tree. And it wasn't this like this frustration. It was this, this, I'm going to show you this tree and you're going to at least see it. You might never appreciate it. You might not even like the way it looks. You might not even give a shit, but I'm going to make sure that you see it. And so I have so much appreciation for that whole hike, that whole experience where I, I just, it was just fully engaging. And I, 
that's kind of what I want to talk about today. So, you know, would it have been a disappointment to him if he had not made sure that I saw a tulip tree? Would it have been a disappointment to me if he had not taken the time? How does somebody know that you can't really see what they're trying to, to show? Right? So when you're talking to somebody, are you disappointing them by not responding the way that they need to be or the way that they think that they need? Or are they disappointing you by unloading all of whatever it is that they're expressing but not moving forward in any, po you know, without, without taking that time and, and that, I don't know, that release maybe, energy, energetically speaking, um, you know, if they're not going to do anything with it or if they don't see it. So, you know, is it, is it a disappointment? And so when I said that I was continuing on becoming Miss Carafa, there, it means being open to um, being a disappointment to people. Like I said, so I was in college and this one lady, <clears throat> well, she was, she was actually younger than I am, but uh, it was one of those moments where you're just kind of like, nah, this is how it should be. But again, you know, I already told you I was a weird child. So I was always kind of like, okay, this is how it should be. And, and I'm not right for anybody else. I can be as right as I think I can be. But, and so I just, I was just very much myself. And then, like I said, nine years later, you know, there's a letter that says, you know, I never appreciated what you were actually doing and, and how you were. And so, you know, that's a really hard position to be in. And do you do that? Like, can you be that person for somebody when they are unloading onto you and you're just like, I hear what you are saying. And see, this is, this is a, uh, where I run into an issue with um, sharing stories because especially since the divorce, wow, did I become super interested in the male perspective and understand. So <clears throat> the fact that I, I, I don't even, okay. So in, in some perspectives, it would be that, you know, failed at being married. And, and I'm still, I'm still really reflecting on all of that stuff. Cause I don't know if you can really fail on something like that. Um, but I'm divorced. So what is that? You know, I, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> I just, uh, oh, shit, see, lost my train of thought, because I was all, anyway, so you have to be open to um, the experience of what being an ex-wife will be like, and whether or not you're going to disappoint there, or are, you, you know, you're always going to be disappointing somebody, or if you're just going to stand up, and if you're just going to challenge it, so I try so, oh, yeah, so I try really hard um, to be very sensitive to um, my daughter's father, I to to his perspective and to his journey because it's it's all his and you know I'll refer to it as a journey for him because that is maybe how he would refer to it, but um, <clears throat> in knowing him, it made me really really want to 
be aware of the sensitivity we bring to others. And um, especially f for me, you know, for males and understanding male vulnerability. And then you look back on it, and you're like, wait, I was a dancer without any, like, I, I oh, I, it, it was just nothing. It was nothing to do it. It was nothing to sit next to, you know, different men and listen to them. And a lot of, a lot of being a dancer is, is listening and it's understanding and it's confidentiality and sensitivity. And so, like I said, you know, a lot of what I want to share from what I'm learning comes from these experiences. And so I'm very, I try to be so very careful and to derive the experience, but to still protect the, the feelings of or the identity, I suppose. I don't know. I would never just go off and say somebody's name, but um, I, <clears throat> I had a very weird Christmas and it was, it was very long. There were lots of I think I, I think I actually ran into to three separate instances that taught me so very much. But one of those experiences was um, setting, <clears throat> making clearly set boundaries, and then realizing that someone was disappointed by my boundaries. And so I. <clears throat> <clears throat> so you go into something with an expectation and then you realize at some point that your expectations or the boundaries that you set clearly energetically, you know, it's, it's not, um, aligning with somebody else. And so, you know, you can either just walk away, you can hold on to it for years, you could, or you could try to call it out again, weird child. So I called it out and, so, and I said, you know, are you, my boundaries are very clear. And so are you disappointed with my boundaries or are you disappointed that I'm not going to change my mind? And I mean, you can unpack that all day. So, and I just sat there waiting for a response. You know, and, and not in this impatient way, in this very much, I am here with you in this moment. I really want you to think about this. Where is your disappointment coming from? Do you feel like you're a failure because you didn't change my mind? Do you feel rejected? You know, like, what is the source of your rejection? Obviously, it can't just be from one experience, or can it? And so I'm really sitting there and listening and waiting and been known to draw tears from people and I wasn't quite expecting tears, but tears started to flow and I'm just really making eye contact and validating feelings. And at the same time, I'm very much feeling like I am, ah, gosh, you know, I just, making eye contact to validate feelings 
but to reassure that you're doing the right thing for somebody, even though they don't view it as what they want or what they think they need, can be very hard to do. And, um, and, and it can be a, a source of, you know, th that pain, that source of rejection. And the only way I could do it was to say, look, I know what you think you want is going to make you happy. But it's absolutely not. And I promise you that what you're getting right now is respect. I am showing you the utmost respect right now. And I am going to sit here and I'm going to continue to listen to your feelings. And I'm going to tell you that your feelings are valid. But that your feelings are coming from repressed memories, repressed emotions, and you really need to work on that. <clears throat> and so, you know, pass along some meditations and uh, some suggestions about this person's becoming. And it just, you know, I, it didn't turn out at all like I had thought it would, but I, and I don't expect to get a painting and a letter in nine years, but I just realized that that is who I am. And so, <laughs> so I'm really great at, you know, maintaining my boundaries, which is something that I probably would have been crap at years ago. Uh, you know, all of this expectation. And, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that I was trying to ex express to this person is, you know, when, when you're with somebody and you're just sitting and this is not in any way sexual at all, why is there always this, this, I don't know, is this an anticipation? Is, where does that come from? Does that come from what we know to be true? What we expect to have happen and you know and and he is significantly younger than i am and so i just and i i i refuse to chalk that up to age i refuse that i will i will consider that that is maybe four percent because i have a knack for quantifying things but <laughs> but i um i refuse to to dismiss something because of age because you can always you can grow from the, those experiences again it might take nine years but eventually somewhere along the line you're going to realize that in that moment of your life that will always be a part of you you're going to um you're gonna you're gonna carry that that's gonna be how you treat somebody else but i'm i'm really concerned and and mindful of you know when you sit down what are your why do you expect that you're just going to have sex with someone? And that's what, okay, I, <laughs> this was partially, well, this was, these were my experiences too. So I suppose I, I, three, three, <laughs> one, I, oh, <laughs> in three separate occasions, so very different from each other so very different and i don't uh, three separate occasions people thought that they were going to i you know what i don't know what they thought i i i, I didn't i i think that they were expecting sex but it's 
that's not, I, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and that's not against them. It's just, I'm not ready. I, and you know, every single experience like this just reminds me that I'm not ready. And I was very, very honest in saying that what, what I needed, I am not going to get, not to these people, just years ago when I made this commitment. This is like the best commitment I've ever made to myself. Um, but anyway, so on three separate occasions, one was going out to tea, literally going out in public to tea. Two <clears throat> was to sit down to meditate. And three was sharing Christmas dinner with someone who, like, I, I literally cooked dinner and brought it to, to a neighbor. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> and you know, I, I could be really, really upset about this. And, and there is a post where I was, <clears throat> where, I mean, I was in the moment and I was really upset because it was tea. It was tea and the topic of conversation in my mind was absolutely nothing that would lead to sex. Nothing. I, ooh, mm. Okay, so maybe I do have feelings about this. But anyway, I just don't understand why, why you would, you know, boundaries, people boundaries. And, and your disappointment, okay, I will validate that the tea was really bad. I will validate that you are feeling lonely. I will validate that for you. And I will sit there and I will, I will listen and I will tell you that I hope that you find what you need, but I am not going to remove my boundaries so you can do what you think is going to make you feel better. Oh my God, no. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, oh God, like I said, I have a really, um hard time trying to gauge these experiences. So the thing is that none of these experiences ended in a way that all of these people have not made contact since. So, <laughs> and, um, you know, someone, sometimes I'll go into third person and I'll, I'll describe Miss Carafa. And one of the things that I, I was kind of always, one of the things that came from being admonished about speaking poorly to a police officer was that I miss Carafa is always grateful <laughs> or excuse me, not grateful, gracious. And so it is with sitting there and listening to what people are sharing to be gracious. But the key to being gracious is to being unfazed by whatever someone is going to share with you. And you have to make that commitment to somebody. They don't even know it. How many commitments do you make to people that they don't even know about? You commit to, I am going to sit with you and I'm going to share space with you and I'm going to make eye contact with you. I am going to listen to you. And then they share things that are so highly personal that you just, you just stare and you look and you understand where is this coming from? And, and then you, you respect it. You, they don't even know that you are committed to remaining unfazed. 
And it's hard for me to do sometimes because sometimes people will share things with me that I will start crying and I'm not even trying to cry. I am just, it. what you're telling me, I can feel. And so I'm going to cry. Or you're going to cry. Or we're both going to cry. But no matter what, I am unfazed in the direction that it will go. I am not going to... I I have heard stories of people killing people and I have sat there remaining unfazed. And, and you know, people are... The, the remorse that people feel or the guilt or the shame or, you know, the fact that they can actually come to a place where they are clear enough to share that sort of experience with you. They... They need you to be unfazed. They need somebody to be unfazed. Can you be unfazed by what someone's going to give to you? And if you can do that, what does that do to you in the in the interim? I mean, how how will you get rid of that energy or, you know, how will you process whatever they shared with you? And so in the span of about 36 hours, I remained unfazed and listening to anger and fear and loneliness and and you know sometimes sometimes people will try to phase people and they'll think that if they are crass or if they are crafty that they'll be able to set you on edge and I really hope that in your new year that you have the resolve to remain unfazed in times that you need to be. And you know, sometimes I can feel myself letting my guard down a little bit. And I just, but you know, I it, it goes up so fast, it really does. And I will just be like, nope, I'm here. I, you know, yeah. It's all about staying in that present moment. And that moment requires you to be unfazed because maybe that person needs to hear that they need to go do something. They need to go volunteer. They need to go talk to somebody. Oh, God. God, make that four experiences on Christmas. Jesus. It's just a very long Christmas. And, you know, the funny thing is, like, I was supposed to... It it, it was supposed to be alone. (laughs) I thought I was going to be alone on Christmas. And it's just not, you know, plans, right? Plans. The plans that we have. So, um, God... Wow. So I I talked about, you know, the becoming part and your becoming, hopefully. I hope that, you know, I, I apparently felt the need to really talk about steadiness and being unfazed. So I don't know if somebody really needs to hear that or maybe not. Maybe I just needed to say it. Um, but I really, I hope that, oh, I so hope that for your new year and, and that you can be mindful and that you can be present, and that you can be loving, and that you can be understanding, and that you can be the guide for somebody else. I think that's that's the most beautiful gift that we have in ourselves, is when we can help somebody else. Not so much that it's, you know, it's ever going to come back to us, ever. It might never come back. But if you can look beyond hope or agenda, if you find yourself being that person, Um, if you can look beyond any hope or really, I think part of becoming unfazed for people is 
not having a hope or agenda, but just having clearly set boundaries to protect your, your space and yourself. And, you know, I don't mean build the wall so high. I just mean, I just mean that modeling your boundaries for people are going to help others build their boundaries. And that's going to reduce stress in a lot of people. Um, one other thing that I wanted to say, oh, I wanted, uh, wow, I'm really getting emotional here <laughs> or sharing more than I, I think I've probably shared. Um, so I meditate, obviously. Um, God, you know, that, that reminds me of something else I want to share, but the, the topic right now is so heavy that I can't share that because it's so light. Um, okay. So I meditate and one of the things that I've been doing is I started a 30 day, I figured I approximately 30 days where I'm going to go through and kind of clear out my own baggage. And I think that, you know, in the process of seeing all of the hurt and the pain and everything that people were clearly expressing, I wanted to go back through myself and see if I could make space by eliminating some uh, within myself. So I started the gratitude and forgiveness meditation where I send a, an email or a written letter or a DM, you know, depending on who the person is and how we are connected, um, stating what it is that I need or I feel I need forgiveness for. Oh God, prepositional phrases. For which I need forgiveness. How about that? Uh, <laughs> and what it is for which I am so grateful. Gosh, you know, when you homeschool and you learn all about prepositional phrases and dangling participles and being in the Midwest with dangling participles, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you really kind of like, I self-edit myself. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, the meditation, I, I started it yesterday and I, some of it was, I, I kept in mind that we always hurt the people who are closest to us. So I looked at each person and some of these are, you find yourself really just wanting to extend gratitude. But in every single relationship, I'm sure there is a moment where we should just be like, hey, remember that one time? I apparently never let that go and I just want to get it off my chest and thank you so much. And so I sent... Um, I sent two that were that were kind of like that. It was, you know, thank you for always listening to me um, incessantly discuss this one particular issue that I'm still working through. But thank you for, for being there for that issue. I acknowledge it and I hope that I've shown you that I'm working on it. Or and, and so like sometimes your forgiveness and your gratitude are almost connected, right? So, you know, you're you're grateful for the time that someone spends on you, but you're also like, God, I promise this year I'm gonna get out of my head on this one subject and you and I we really are gonna talk about this. <laughs> um and then so I, I sent two that were like that. And I sent um I sent one that as I was typing it, I, I started to cry. So I, I knew it was, I knew it was a good thing. I, I knew it was a good thing. And, um, and the response to that was, so I, I am doing all of these without, like I said, without hope or agenda. So it's just kind of a clearing of emotional space. And I've noticed that, um, the, the two that were 
easier to discuss and easier to type. So they immediately responded and it was, if you feel like you need forgiveness here, but this is really what friends are for. And so I'm still processing what all of that means, but they shot back so quickly, but there was one that has taken me about, about two years. God, is it three years? I, I don't remember, but it has bothered me for that long. And I cried while I typed it out and the response was immediate. And so it wasn't this immediate healing, but it was immediate in showing that what mattered to me so much and bothered me so much for three years was simply not that big of an issue to that person. And so it made space for it. I mean, and it wasn't a... There wasn't a conversation and, and I really don't want a conversation with any of these. It's just, like I said, it's kind of a way to, to clear space within myself so I can reflect on larger issues and continue to heal and become. And, um, and so then I sent one and I, I don't know, I said exactly what I needed to say. And then I sent one where I just simply said, nah, you know what? I, I really want to do this. And I want you to, to know that I, I want you to know that you're, you're not left out of this, but I'm not ready to ask for forgiveness because I, I know because, because I need to, <clears throat> well, I said that I, I need to carry it longer. I'm not done with, I'm not done hurting over the hurt that I caused. And so I need to carry this a little bit longer. But I did fulfill the, the gratitude part. But I was wondering, have you ever done that? Have you ever gone through and, and apologized for what you could so you could release it, but then come across something where you're like, nah, I'm going to sit with this for a while longer. And I'm not talking that this is, you know, this is a, this is a pain. This is a sadness. This is a, this is not one of my prouder moments. And I need to, I need to sit with that. And I need to reflect on that more. I need to, I need to let that humble me more. And I need to, I need to realize that I, I really hurt somebody who, who was undeserving of any sort of hurt. And I just, I'm not ready to let that go yet. I want to hold on to that. I, and, and, you know, can pain make us, uh, if you prefer the whole, you know, are we whole, you know, can, can pain make us whole if, if we decide, to, you know, is it healthy? Um, anyway, so I just, but I found that this meditation to, or this, this practice to be incredibly helpful but you know as soon as I typed that one out like I it was it was interesting because I, I got through that one and I was like yeah I need to stop here for the day and I need to to reevaluate and I'm still gonna sit with this one and I'm gonna I I don't think I will I don't know if I will ever want to let that go I want that I want to be reminded of my less than better self and 
I don't know, not in a way that makes me feel guilty, not in a way that's unhealthy. I just, I need to, I need to be responsible for that in my heart for a while longer. I need to hold on to that. And I need to teach that, I think, to Aurelia. And that's probably part of why I want to hold on to it. I want her to become aware. And again, you know, you become a part of someone else's becoming. And so it might not, you know, it might not affect her for a very long time. But, you know, maybe someday it will be a good example for her. So that's the most that we can do, right? Is we can, we can help others as we become ourselves. And so I really hope that you are all safe and happy and well. I hope that you check out Radial Branching on Evergreens and um, also called, I think it's also called like Stacked, Stacked, maybe. Anyway, um, I'm going to post a picture for my latest hike and um, I am just sending out love and light to all of you.
Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, 